By the way, I was recording that whole thing, so there's our cold open. A little bit much. Hey, what's up, guys? I I think I'm getting tired of that. Uh, I think we should reserve it for when Hagen's here, because he doesn't listen to the show otherwise, so he he wouldn't know. (laughs) And I think do that every time. Yep. (laughs) Yep. And I think it's kind of losing its effect on some guests, which is funny because most people we don't have on here multiple times. But like, it's lost its like shock value. Yeah. Hey guys, I'm Jackson. Welcome to Don't Feed the Artists. And I'm Adam. Uh, Today. I'll let you introduce yourself. Uh, uh, hi there. Um, I guess I'm saying it's weird. I'm, I'm not really saying hi to anyone, <laughs> but to anyone listening, I'm I'm Chavis Chance. Yeah, you're Chavis Chance. What do you do? I'm a singer songwriter. Uh, this is fun because uh, you know sometimes we'll have bands on or people who are in you know a, a collective, a band, that kind of stuff. Not that you're not a band, but Chavis Chance is you. Yeah, and you are Chavis Chance. I, mean, I think like, what do you do? That's a uh, Band, yeah, what do, you, what do you do in the band? I guess uh, I do a lot. <laughs> you sing and songwrite? Yeah, I sing and songwrite. I play the guitar. <laughs> I do a lot of arrangement stuff. I've gotten into production recently. That's good. Um, it, it, it's So you and I have known each other since like senior year of high school. What is that, like six, seven years ago now? That's a, how long we've known each other. It's a surprising amount Yeah, of it is. We don't yeah. think about it. We both have our hair and ponytails now. I was thinking that. We were walking around and you showing me the house. <laughs> <laughs> We're just two guys with long hair and ponytails. How times have changed. It used to be that, uh, you know, times have changed with someone wearing glasses. But right. now it's like, oh, my friend's wearing his hair up. <laughs> so that's it. Um, but we've known each other for a while. But And we've known each other in a musical sense. We were in a show choir together, or jazz choir, whatever you want to call it. Or as some people like to call it, glee club. Um, but glee-ish. TV show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But um, I don't think we've ever actually sat down and talked about music i think we've just kind of existed and known that each other has done music kind of in parallel yeah but i I don't think i've ever sat down with you and just had a discussion about music so maybe like brief little interactions i don't think but i'm not sure how many people have just sat down and said hey you know what i want to talk about music with you hey man you should come to denton more often that's kind of what people do here actually yeah i take it back i I, i've definitely (laughs) dodged that conversation my share of times yeah it's not a conversation i want to have all the time but i do enjoy having a show where i can talk about it with people yeah yeah for the content you know for the content yeah so uh that that's kind of what we're doing today uh you have no idea what this is about so i don't yeah (laughs) we just want to talk your music yeah um but so it you know i've known that you play sing song right but right now you're kind of in the middle of two i don't know if you would call it two periods of your life but you're about to start something new and you just finished something which we can talk about but i figured it was a good time to kind of catch up with you before you uh start that new chapter whatever it is so you just finished up uh you were living in boston for how long for about three and a half years i was in boston yeah so you were living there going to school and you know Honing your craft, all that kind of stuff. I'm going to try and drop this whole uh, NPR attitude that I have right now. For... Yeah, we're not produced uh, enough to, to be NPR. Yeah. Are you going to do like a jab? Uh, who's that guy? The Radio Lab guy. Oh, I Abum Rod? I don't know, but squeaky ass chair. Uh, put, put those <laughs> the NPR swells budget. and then like switch to like, you know, outside. Let's have some room noise. Yeah. Well, 
we're not turning off the AC because it's too fucking hot in Texas right now. <laughs> That's one thing. You you just left Boston, and uh, I mean, not just left, but you you were in Boston for years. Did you uh, acclimate to that weather weather quicker than this? <laughs> um, it's kind of interesting. I, I spent only two summers. I stayed in Boston, and uh, it doesn't get as hot, but it does often feel like it gets really hot because um, AC is not as common. And so most of my <laughs> friends didn't have AC. And so all of a sudden, 90 degrees is kind of a cool day around here, but that's with the relief of walking into AC at some point. But like yeah. I'd say like an 88 all day long with no AC is also yeah pretty hot. It may even be worse because you're in a, like a box. Oh, yeah. I've never spent so much time in my entire life sitting in front of an open window just like waiting for some kind of gust of air that almost never seemed to come <laughs> i know seattle can be like that too that that it's built for a different climate and we've fucked up the world so much that now it's kind of like oh shit no everybody has summer N- nobody mm-hmm. has ac here yeah so that kind of shit and they'll have the sun rise and fall so like in the morning it's fucking hot and in the night it uh, right as it's uh setting it'll be fucking hot because they've built it you know, around here, you wouldn't build a, a house or an apartment to ri- for the windows to rise and fall with the sun. Right. But yeah, they you did wouldn't it. put all your windows on the east side because it would be too hot. But so. they did it because it's like, oh, well, you know, we have a cooler <clears throat> climate here. So whenever it is rising and setting, we get it'll heat it up and, you know, kind of last us through that. But now that uh, it's getting hotter. <laughs> they teach you that in math school? No. Yeah, they teach you that in real life. Go to Seattle during the summer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that that's fun. Uh, I don't know why we're talking about this. About, but uh, You know, one of the most boring conversations you can have is weather, and we just got pretty into it. That and real estate. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, you just kind of put them both, together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now that uh, I'm getting older and, like, out of college and stuff, uh, there yeah. have been a couple people who will rename, re, mm, remain nameless, uh, who have talked to me about real estate and stuff like that. And I was just like, God, you're fucking boring now. Don't talk to me about oh that. God, and not sneaking out of you. You're spending no, too much time with You're going to be doing that soon. So. Uh, well, the only reason I'll talk about weather is because I'm adamant that you know climate change is going to kill us all oh I'd, so I'd, that's the only reason i'm okay 100 percent on board with you yeah that. i won't talk about <laughs> i thought uh, you're gonna say you were 100 percent on board of climate change killing oh, us no. all and i was like all right I mean. you know in some small way it'd be kind of satisfying <laughs> oh yeah no i went from like you know as a kid watching these arcade fire benefit shows of like we're gonna fix the world and being really optimistic to just now like you know the only bummer about climate change is all the animals were taken down with us but it's just like (laughs) you know what all these people deserve it fuck it get them out of (laughs) here well the sad thing is that the vast majority don't but no one can true yeah the people who did it are gonna be on mars by then yeah, exactly. God, that is not the solution. <laughs> no, I doubt, I doubt that. <laughs> no, it's not the solution, but that's what's going on. So. All right, so let's talk about your music. So, Chavis Chance is your music, and that's where people can find you, and we'll obviously link to all that. But uh, let's kind of go back to the beginning, because I am curious. I know, you know, what I kind of think got you into music, but I'm probably wrong in some sense of it. But what got you into music? You do have a dad who is... Not in the sense of, like, everyone says, like, oh, my dad listened to the Beatles, and, like, we just, like, I grew up and respected that. Like, your dad is a musician, and, like, I have gone down to Recycled Records up here on the square in Denton and, like, found his music there. 
like without even trying. Like I've just pulled it up and be like, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> I always liked that. That when I was younger, I really liked every time that happened. Yeah, it, it's super weird, especially nowadays when like you know, right? Physical media is a lot harder to come by right. to find someone you actually know that kind of way. Not in the local section either. Like just it was out in the middle. Yeah, it's amazing how far they got. His, his name's Dirk Hamilton, and he uh, he he's been doing music his whole life. He's did four major label albums, first with ABC and then with Elektra in the 70s. And at some point he got dropped, um, mostly due to, like, he never seemed to break out of the L.A. market. Uh, but he's been doing independently ever since. He tours Italy almost every year for, like, the last 28 years. But, uh, and, he, and he did that when I was growing up, too. Uh, he, from the time I was, like, I can remember, he'd go for, like, two or three months We'll see you, and he come back. Oh, cool, dad's back. And you've gone to Italy with him before, yeah, right? I went with him once, and it was weird. He had this whole life set up over there that you call always. You always knew like he went somewhere for a long time, and so he must have made friends. But it was interesting because all of a sudden he just he knew everybody, and everybody knew me because I guess he <laughs> he mentioned that he had a son at some point. Yeah. Um. But uh, even though I grew up with music like that, it was uh, not ever something i thought that i was really going to pursue yeah i was going to say you know is it is that something where like you saw that and you're like oh like that that looks fun i want to do that or is this something you think you would have organically gone to or anything like that uh with or without him i don't know i wonder about stuff like that um and obviously there's no answer to that but right right (laughs) It's kind of like I, I, you wonder before, like, I wasn't raised Christian. I was raised pretty agnostic. My parents were like, believe whatever you want. And I always think, well, if I was raised Christian, at some point, would I have deviated from that just yeah. myself? Or would I have just... Yeah, it's, and it's kind of impossible. It'd be a little interesting thought experiment if you could somehow figure it out. Yeah, and, like, I was just the... Yeah, the exact same thoughts go through my head in similar ways. And it, it, it's interesting, but also kind of moot. Because there's just, like, there's no answer. And even if there was an answer, what's the fucking point? Because <laughs> you're here now. But, like, even then, you know, even in high school when I met you, and obviously we met at the end of high school, but um, you were doing theater as well. And, yep, you I know. Did theater, I did uh, choir. Um, but the music, um, and I was always trying to, it was just something I kept coming back to. It was, it was, never, it was never anything more than a hobby, really, but... Um, uh, I must have spent hours and hours and hours just in my room trying to write a good song, not even really because I wanted anyone to hear it, but because I wanted to like, you know, I wanted to make something, I wanted to make something really cool that yeah, I thought was good. Um, I don't think either. And also, so we were raised in Plano, or I guess I was raised in Plano. I was mostly raised in Plano. Yeah. I consider myself raised in Plano. Yeah, but like, and that's not necessarily, if anybody doesn't know, that's just like, 20 30 minutes north of dallas it's a suburb uh and it's not necessarily like there's no one who's come from plano in the sense of like oh here's this big actor that kind of thing it's not this like super artistic town not to say that there isn't that stuff but it's not like we came from that so that it's just mostly not happening in plano itself no if you if you look at the geography of plano or just the landscape it's it's identical shopping center after identical shopping center and like a, it's a out sprawl. into infinity and, yeah and now there is like a music venue out there is there but it's uh the box theater or whatever it is oh 
Yeah, I'm not sure. But it's well, relatively new, though. Like it They've has recently started thing. calling it historic downtown Plano. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is and it old enough to be historic now? I don't know. It's funny. It I, that. I like that area, but it is also, yeah, weird how they treat that area. Well, the interesting thing is, is that it's like, uh, it's kind of like 1984 where they rewrite, you know, the news oh, all yeah. the time. They started calling it that, and now they've put up sculptures, and they have this big stage, and now anyone that shows up probably says, oh, God, historic downtown Plano. It feels yeah, like a... Yeah, it feels <laughs> rustic. Yeah. Uh, it, uh, there's so many places like that in America. Florida is the biggest offender of that, because it's where a lot of people go to retire. So there's all these... They want all the nostalgia of... There's these retirement communities that literally have fake histories, and I'm talking about like not a community where it's just, you know, however big a typical community is. Like I'm talking about like a tiny town where... It, It'll have its own infrastructure and all that kind of shit. And it's so weird. It's just fucking strange. What? And they how how is the history made up? Uh, like, they just have, like, little stuff. Like, like, they'll have, like, little plaques on the wall in the shopping centers and stuff that will say, like, oh, blah, blah, blah. I can't think of a name right now of the retirement home. But there are specific ones that... and. They charge out the ass to live there, too. It's so a little dystopic, isn't it? It's interesting. And, you know, there is a certain type of people who live there, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> we keep veering off. I mean, of, they're not listening to the show. Yeah. So we're I not mean, we can... <laughs> yeah. Um, so. We get an angry letter now. I mean, okay. if we do. I don't, we don't have a mailing address, so they yeah, can't yeah. send us a letter. Yeah, they can't send us a letter. <laughs> and I know they can't work an email. <laughs> but, uh,. So, you know, you've said you're a singer-songwriter, and that's always been something that, me personally, and this is my own shortcoming, whenever I hear that, I think, ooh, I probably won't like this, because it's probably somebody just acoustic guitar and singing. And let me finish before I (laughs) let you speak on that. But, like, it's one of those things where I would call, even though John Mayer is a pop artist, he is a singer-songwriter, at its core, he's a guitarist. At his core, all that kind of stuff, and you know, I lo- I think he's probably he's on one of my like top five musicians. I love him and always have. And you know, not that you're like John Mayer, but it- it's one of those things where I've always wondered. You know, John Mayer has you know co- core musicians that he typically works with: Pino Palladino and Steve Jordan and right. the likes of those people, but. I've always wondered how exactly that kind of writing process goes, and this may be jumping ahead a little bit, but, you know, you have an album out right now, and I'm sure you're working on new stuff, but uh, your album isn't, you know, when we say singer-songwriter, it's not just you playing guitar and singing. It's a full Uh, accompaniment. No, it's funny, uh, because what you say about uh, someone calls themselves a singer-songwriter, and it's like... uh, even as I say it, I kind of groan. I mean, my dad has a joke he tells. He says he used to tell people he was a singer-songwriter, and they go, ooh, wow, ooh, cool. How do you do What's that like, you know? And he says, and now you say it, and people are like, oh, yeah, me too. <laughs> and that's really what the problem is, is it's just, um, it's kind of like being an actor at this point, is that just anybody with a guitar yeah. calls himself that, and that's why everyone's so sick of him. But I think um, I've heard this before, like, um, you know, you do open mics or you play a show solo or something, and people people do groan as soon as they see some white guy with an acoustic guitar come out. But uh, I do my best to, you know, have some kind of backbeat or to be as fresh as I can in um, solo sets because, God, it's just, it's just yeah. too much to ask of an audience that they listen to another acoustic guitar ballad. Well, it's good to be self-aware of that. I mean, I feel the same way when I'm up there. I'm like, I mean, we're a, a, 
I play in a rock band who's just like, you know, I'm asking people to care about something that is kind of on the outs, <laughs> you know. But, you know, I just try to be up there and have fun. So it's good to be aware of that. But, uh, yeah, I, and it also helps on your solo shows that you're not up there just playing chords. You, you know, a, a lot of singer-songwriters can come off as that way. And not to offend anyone, but that that is probably a reason why a lot of people get turned off when they hear that name of, oh, singer-songwriter, is they think, oh, this person's just going to play Right, a G, a C, right. and a D. And we've, we've, we've heard the Dylan thing. We've heard it a million times. I mean, Phoebe Bridgers is proof that you could still be doing sad acoustic guitar music that's strummy and be fresh and be cool. And there it's, are it's people. Totally, yeah. totally going on, for sure. But just the amount of um, less than thrilling musicians out there makes you kind of want to distance yourself from I don't have a good thing to say, though, because I am, a, <laughs> I am a, a singer-songwriter doing that kind of music. Um but I, I'm, what I was trying to get towards is that, you know, you do, you on at least on the records, and you do play live shows with the full band, not all the time, but uh, from what I've heard, yeah. you know, maybe up until now, but you had a Boston band and yep. a Texas band, yep. which is funny. I would love to hear how that came <laughs> uh, together. But you... Uh, oh, funny thing with that, not to cut you off, but I was just, I'm working as a barista right now. And uh, just as I was leaving the shop to come here, um, I was putting something away, and then all of a sudden, this guy like stops me and like says, "Hey!" And I look at him. I think, "No, it can't be." And then uh, I like you know close my eyes and shake my head and look at him again, and it's my old drummer from Boston. Oh, what the fuck? Yeah, and he was eating next door. <laughs> and I said, huh. "What are you doing here?" And he said, "I'm visiting my girlfriend. I didn't know you were from Texas." <laughs> <laughs> that's interesting yeah. yeah so we talked for 30 minutes i don't know the world's full of weird little things like that but um yeah, yeah. go ahead there have been i've had similar uh situations where uh i, I was at a uh the band mute math they were doing this like tour and i was just kind of there and i saw this guy the state a stagehand he obviously worked for the band and I was like, that guy looks familiar. I was like, oh, fuck, I know that guy. And he kind of turned around and looked at me, and like, then we recognized each other. And I was like, hey, man, how you doing? And he goes, whoa, where the fuck am I right now? And, he goes, and I was like, oh, you're in Dallas. He goes, man, we've been on tour, and like, you know, it, what they say is true. Like, you just lose track of days. <laughs> and like, I had no fucking clue that I was in my hometown. <laughs> She's like, well, it's great to see you, dude. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's crazy how that stuff works. But so... Whenever it comes, obviously these songs are, they start with you. Uh, I would assume you don't often write with the band no. to start with. No, and that's actually, um, with the newest batch, I've tried to distance from that a bit because I, I found, I play piano too, and writing on guitar and piano, at some point, at least I found that... Um, if you want to do like really groove oriented music or you want to you want to do something that's all based all around a lick that you can't figure out how to put a rhythm to on guitar, you can't write that stuff unless yeah. you have a really strong imagination and you can hold that in your head as you're writing with your acoustic guitar. It definitely helps to have people to be able to fill in the gaps. Have you ever written and I'm sure you have like a a song or you'll have like a batch of like three sections you're like i think these could go together but there's no tendons to put them together and you're just like how the fuck do i do this yeah that's actually, when it helps to have those what's, people. A, what's about to be the first single off the the next album which i haven't actually decided how the album's going to go it might just be a bunch of singles 
I don't know. That's the way to do it now. Yeah. Yeah, that's, we've talked about that a bunch on this show, but mm-hmm. that's what works. Releasing I'm dances. thinking that's what's, what's going to happen. But the, the lead one from that is actually a song. It's called Admit It. And, uh, Which you have a video up of. Yeah, I do. But this is, this, this is the electric version. That's the acoustic version. <laughs> um, I just suffered over that song, just trying every single... Because I had three great sections and a nice riff that I did... And uh, just couldn't, by the end of the song, it was always like, man, I, it's, just not, it's not working. And um, we were rehearsing it with the Boston band, and the guitarist, Matt Benthal, just all of a sudden he starts playing this, and I was like, whoa, hold on, that was sick. <laughs> like, and all of a sudden, that new piece changed everything. The whole song, um, we put that in three times, the whole song came together. That's great. Yeah. I mean, and I guess it comes off well, and... You know, me knowing that, oh, you know, he's going to music school and like, I'm sure all those guys went to music school or at least around it. So, you know, have that clout. And I kind of thought listening to that, like that feeling of like, oh, these nice changes and everything. I was like, man, that's so smart. How the fuck do they do that? (laughs) But it sounds like you kind of you just had these three sections and you you figured out how to string them together. You know, most of my favorite stuff in music has a. nothing to do with the education and often my favorite things musicians do are musicians that have no idea what they're doing um and it's it's all about more of a creative it's it's the feeling and often the education can actually hinder that i've seen people start they get so out of touch with what they're actually doing that um they don't play anything you care about do you have any difficulties and i've had this conversation with hagen before and it I have difficulties listening to people like Jacob Collier and like that. Like they're geniuses. And like I love hearing them talk about everything and like their master classes, but like their actual music when they're talking about like, oh well he changed uh, you know, the frequency the song was at in the middle of the song and then goes right back down and I was just like, Man, who cares about that? Like unless it like sounds good, which, you know, I'm not saying he doesn't sound good, but it no, I know what you mean. It's I know super what you mean. hard it's for just, someone. Just doing it to like be different or be weird about it too doesn't always work. Well, he's—I mean—he's an alien, and that's that's pretty <laughs> much the consensus. Is well, he just, man. As far as I mean, you hear about perfect pitch. He's got like absolute pitch oh, yeah, and absolute insane. rhythm. I mean, he's. But um, I I I listen to him. Everything he puts out, I listen to because it's always at least interesting. But uh, he often hits a point where you're like, Jacob, is this even music anymore? <laughs> like, oh my god! Have you seen those like videos at at his like live performances where he'll get the crowd to do stuff and like <laughs> it's just like it's like crowd participation. But at, at a point, it's like it's way too heady for me. I'm just like. Yeah. You know that's like 70% of that crowd is, if not more, are all musicians or are all going to school for this or going to go to school for this. Like, you know that's not a normal crowd. Like, do that at a Metallica concert, right. dude. I guarantee you're not going to get that same, you know. He's kind of the pinnacle of uh, the whole the kind of place that jazz is, is dying in right now where it's just kind of subsisting on itself. Yeah. Um, the only people that care about jazz now are musicians. Uh, yeah. And so he's... And even then, not everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, you see that at Berkeley. You see that at, in Denton. I've encountered it. Even the jazz musicians are kind of done with a lot yeah. of... Yeah. But uh, he... Um, there's this whole dimension of, of music, kind of like the Hiatus Coyote, yeah. uh, Jacob Collier music. Which... I enjoy Hiatus Coyote, but it is, you know, they do have those moments where it's just like, 
It gets so cerebral. Yeah. It's like, and then you, they, you, you know, you get a nice groove going, and then they start tripping you up because they're too advanced to like want to just hang out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That you know, and as much as I've said I'm not the biggest fan of like math rock, that is one of the at least this era of math rock. Uh, that is something that they do have going for them is even though they are doing this complicated stuff they don't change like they don't make it so complicated that like people can't enjoy it like i've met people who are obsessed with chon who have never picked up a guitar and stuff like that who are really into you know like oh well they have singable melodies and oh they're playing in four four that kind of stuff i'm not a fan of math rock but like they're doing something right to be as big as they are right now if that many people are responding to it oh yeah and like non-musician types as well yeah so it's kind of like uh as far as like jacob collier um that music it's it's almost i think of jocko who's pretty much un uh, un um unchallenged i'd say as one of the greatest musicians of all time you, you get to a level like that and um it's almost like what do you how's it you can't put this guy on a country gig where he's just playing one and five over and over. he's it's yeah. almost like you know if you got the muscles just you you gotta run uh yeah and, and i think they don't they get to a point where they're just not interested in music like normal humans anymore. Yeah. It, there are instances where, uh, you know, someone like Flea, who people are obsessed with his playing, you know, he is consistently being flashy and doing what he does. And then he'll do a, a record with Tom York where he's just so subdued and like no one knows it's Flea and will never care that it's Flea. <laughs> They're only listening because Tom York is being Tom York. It's like if the roles were flipped, like no one wants to listen to Tom York going up there and being as complicated as possible. They want to hear him like brood. So it is weird that like once these people are known for that kind of thing, it's hard for them to change. But then you have John Mayer who's just um, just very uh, incredibly talented on the guitar. Yeah. But it seems like his real love is the pop song. Yep. And so as talented as you can be and all the changes you get, you just get little tastes of it in his music in general. You don't, he never goes that out. There's a, uh, the, I forgot. I, it was, I think it was at Berkeley. Like he did this, you know, speech, whatever, uh, talk. And he, somebody asked him the question, uh, John Mayer, they asked him the question of like, Oh, you know, you know, all this theory and you obviously know your instrument. Like how much has that helped you? into becoming what you are and and his response was just hey man you can know all the theory you want you can know the theory front and back and no one's gonna give a shit at all you have to be able to write you know a song and that's the point which you know i agree and disagree with but obviously he's got more experience than i do and more success than i do (laughs) to be able to say that but it is interesting i mean and that's not to dissuade anyone from learning that but it is that kind of thing where i guarantee i don't know anyone who has ever started acting painting or writing or playing music for the sake of making money i think everyone's done it because they enjoy it and there is a point where for me it was like i learned how to play a green day song and after that point i was just like okay well now that i've learned how the basics i want to go deeper into like how to play you kind of just keep putting one foot in front of the other and uh, yeah but i've never done that for the sake of like i need to be able to do this so i can do you know be successful i've always done it just because it's like oh i feel like i've 
you know, mastered, which I've not mastered anything musically, but for lack of a better term, I've but mastered You feel this. like you've like spent all the time you're going to do on that thing now yeah. and you can move on to something else. I've learned the like, basic chords, so yeah. I want to move on. Not because I'm like, oh, this is what's going to make me money. It's always, or this is what's going to get me successful. I've always done it because it's like, I'm enjoying this and like, this is the thing that I've derived so much joy from. And I, mean, I have yet to find someone who has been like, oh, well, I need to learn some theory because that's what's going to get me big. I have encountered people that are coming from the place of uh, all sorts of people at Berkeley. It's something like, oh, you're a songwriter? Yeah, go to country. Country, that's where the money is right now. Well, yeah, yeah. Oh, and I've heard I, that. Come on. I, I, I can't even gauge the worth of my songs if I'm coming out of a place like that. If I, if I was trying to write for anyone else, uh, I wouldn't even know when, to, when the song was done because... You know, you don't, it won't resonate in a way that you're like, yeah, this is truthful. And yet you can't uh, discredit those people for saying that because they're doing it out of a place of necessity uh, where we are in the market of music right now that it's difficult for. Like people have to know, well, in such an uncertain business, you have to know, well, what can make me money? Well, if I want to be able to stay at home uh, and not have to go on the road much, it's country or cover gigs. But if I'm cool with, you know, going on the road, you got to find someone that you can tour with, you know, that kind of stuff. So you can't discredit them for saying that, but it I can, does I can suck. Look, I can give them dirty looks. Though. Yeah, that's totally fine. Like, but it, it does suck that, that, you know, they came to that point that they're, that's all that they, they, they hear somebody, they just met you or that kind of thing. And you tell them, oh, this is me. And then they say, oh, well, if you do this, you'll make more money. And she's like, well, that's shitty. I mean, I the people who do that though are probably not, generally at least probably not very successful because they're not really in it like they're just doing it to do the work and get paid and that's true i remember i went uh, i mean i'm sure there's exceptions to that too but i went on a trip to nashville i can't remember the producer it was someone with some amount of success i don't think it was anything <laughs> i can't remember his name so i guess i wasn't that blown away but he said <laughs> something that really stuck with me was um he described you know the fashion of the music industry kind of like as a pendulum and um, he says it swings this way and it swings that way. And he says everyone that chases the arc and tries to do what's in style right now, they're always a bit behind. But if you just do what you're doing and you do it well, at some point, the pendulum's probably going to swing, uh, swing through what you're doing. I like that. I've never heard that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's like the like chasing the puck where it already is kind of thing. Like, yeah, yeah. you're not going to catch up to what was hot two weeks ago. Cause exactly. Because that would. Yeah. You're, yeah. You've already missed it if you're yeah. chasing it there. Oh, that's some positive ass shit. Yeah, I enjoyed that. Well, that's a good place to end that part of this discussion. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so you do right now. You um have an album out, and it's called Six Good Songs. Yeah, where did you come up with that title? <laughs> <laughs> I uh, Six Good Songs. It's so old now. I actually um I'm to the point I yeah, 2016. I um 2016. Yeah, it was our first shot at an album. Um, and man, we worked hard on it, but we were also like. Baby, so yeah, 2016. Yeah, 2016. Wow. Yeah, even just looking at this album cover, it doesn't even look like you right now. I look a bit like a baby. Yeah, you're wearing Birkenstocks. Yeah. I still wear. The, I rock the Birks. <laughs> uh, but uh, six good songs. It was. Uh, we were trying to do something like ten songs. It was at least at least eight. And we got all the studio time. We got ready for it for months, and we finally went in. And just two of the songs just never came together. Is this in Boston? This was in Boston with a totally different. It was pretty much with at that point. In uh, the stage development I was at, we it was more like, we need a bassist. Uh, and then, like, hey, you're a bassist. Will you please do this? 
It was kind of like that. It wasn't like this great crack team I assembled, but uh, it was mostly like friends that were helping me out. Well, it worked out, and I'm sure that's somewhat to do with the quality of the songs, and then also somewhat to do with, like, you're in Boston around Berkeley. I mean, quality musicians, and I doubt, like, you're going to ask somebody who can't play to play, even if they're a bassist, but, uh, you know. The bassist was actually probably the most talented out of all of us, and he was the guy that, uh, everyone else was kind of like someone I was comfortable asking, <laughs> and he was like my, <laughs> I think he, he lived like a dorm or two next to me, and and we'd be in the practice room together, and I'd be like, he was from Indonesia. His name's Jason Montario. And uh, he was a man of few words. Very, He was kind of a Jocko type. That's great, though. I mean, so, and some of these songs, so, you know, if we haven't made it clear, it's six songs, and <laughs> they're they're all good songs. Uh, that came, I was, uh, <laughs> it was eight songs, and I was explaining to my old theater teacher. I was getting drinks with him. And... Uh, I was telling him, well, it was eight songs, now it's six songs. I'm not really sure if it's like an EP or an album. He's like, it's six songs? I said, well, it's six good songs. <laughs> Is that what you're going to call it? I said, oh, maybe. That's good. I mean, it, it works out, and I'm sure that that is great for uh promoting it up there on stage because i never know how to sell something like that like oh, go listen to my music please and i used like, to well, say i'd sell it for uh it was six dollars six dollars a dollar per song um but that got too complicated with change so yeah. i was like it's five dollars and you get one song free that's perfect yeah that's a deal yeah uh i remember playing a show with you uh in dallas it was uh one of those so far shows mm. and uh I picked up the physical album and I turned around. And I was like, "Where are the tracks? Like you didn't even have them listed on the back." Ah, wow, like I said, that, that was. Did I tell you about that at the time? It was so stupid. I remember um, I was designing like the the artwork and formatting everything, and I remember thinking as I typed it, and I was like, "Man, yeah, this is great. I'm fitting all the credits in, like bass player, this, you know, the yeah. producer, this." And then I was like, "Why don't more albums do this?" And I ordered them. <laughs> And I remember opening the box, and before I'd even open it, I was like, oh, shit, that's why, that's why they don't usually <laughs> I mean, do it's not that big of a deal, especially with people nowadays will sometimes not even put anything on there that tells you the band name or anything like that. So there are worse offenses. <laughs> but, like, there are even songs on there. I mean, whenever you came out with this, I remember there were songs on there that I recognized, like Blue Bonnet Trail, that I had heard you performing, I don't think in high school, but, like, whenever we were all i think and, i wrote that about a year after high school yeah but i, re I remember seeing you play that at shows mm. and you know and then now it, it's this full band song but it's cool to see that kind of stuff but um i'm sure it will be nice with now that you're kind of moving into a new record i would assume that most if not all are from they're, they're this all... newer time period that there's no songs that are you know, have been around for years. No, I mean, actually, I think the oldest song probably is Admit It. And I wrote that on 2017. I was seeing a... Uh, well, I wasn't seeing... I was hanging out with this chick that had a boyfriend. Yeah, you can listen to the uh, song and know exactly what it's about. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I could even tell you right now. Well, we kept hanging out every weekend just as friends, but it's some because she had a long-distance boyfriend. I was like, okay, yeah, I'm cool with that. But at some point, it was like, all right, this sure seems like we're like, you know, more than friends. Like, uh, been a, like I'm not hanging out with other girls because I'm wasting all my potential time with you. Uh, <laughs> so um, I was just thinking, I wrote her the song and I played it for her one night. And that was kind of the, um, 
We stopped hanging out for a while. It's called Admit You Could Love Me. <laughs> I can't. I can't wait in the future whenever anyone asks me, like, oh, who's Travis? What's he like? I'm just going to play that little sound clip right there. It's like, so I was hanging out with this girl. She had a boyfriend. I know. Just wait. <laughs> then I wrote a song and played it for her. So did, we so stopped talking. Did it not work out? Yeah. No, it, she was like, um, I, I finished the song. She said something like, oh, nice song. She, did and it I not even like, register? No, no, it totally did. And I was like, uh, yeah. Uh, I think, I think, I'm think i not sure if it was right there, but at some point I was like, it's about you. And uh, <laughs> she was like, I knew it. And I was like, yeah. I mean, like, literally saying things that we've been doing in the song. Did she give you that little like friendly punch on the shoulder? Like, ah, good job. You know, the little nudge. <laughs> you know, later on, like, this was like, uh, then we like got kind of awkward and we stopped hanging out for a while. Yeah. And I would imagine, she, yeah. She called me to hang out at some point. I'm like, okay. And we kinda, she's like, yeah, so I broke up with my boyfriend. Did you ask her to admit it? And I was like, oh, interesting, interesting. <laughs> and then... Uh, Nothing? Well, then we gave it a shot, kind of. And uh turned out, uh, I don't think either of us loved the other one. That's okay. As it I goes, mean, it can I, be very confusing sometimes. You think you're in love, and then you find out you're not in love at all. A good song came out of it, and, you know, that's all that matters. <laughs> To me, at least, because I don't know this person, and you're about to move to Spain, so this is fine with me. Yeah. A good song came out of it. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I just mentioned it. You're moving to Spain soon. Do you think that's going to uh, influence you at all in the sense of... No, I think I'll be totally unchanged from... You think so? No. It's going to be exactly the same. <laughs> do Spain's you, basically the same as Plano, is what you, I heard. So. I, do you think you'll have any songs with Spanish in it? Uh, you know, Don't I, you already have one? I did. I haven't thought about that song in a long time. Yeah, Damn, I did. do I, not bring that back to life just because you moved to Spain. You'll look like a real asshole. Yeah, you'll look like... Uh, I will. Especially wanna. in 2019. You yeah, can't it's do not, that. It's not going to be good. <laughs> just like start the set with it. I remember that song, though. What was it called? It was good. Uh, I remember it. Algún amanecer. Okay. I think it means some sunrise. I remember you writing that and... You had a friend who was helping you who spoke Spanish because you don't speak Spanish, correct? I speak a pretty decent amount. It was actually a girl I was dating at the time. Yeah. Um, and she taught me a lot of Spanish. I dated her for a summer. And the most Spanish I learned was uh, once her family found out that I spoke any Spanish, they're like, oh, okay. So they won't speak English to me. That's cool. Uh, and I actually learned <laughs> a fun, lot. Yeah. And so I'm hoping that... Uh, that this year I'm going to be fluent. I think I'm probably about 40% conversational right now. It'll help, for sure. I mean, but don't bring back that song immediately. No, I won't. It was never It was never finished, too. That's why I didn't stick around. I yeah. never quite figured it out. That's fair. I just, today, finished a song that uh, I realized I wrote in 2013. Isn't that amazing? I pulled up because I have a bunch of lyrics on my phone. I was like, I think I've... I remember I wrote this down, and I wrote it down in the search, and I was like, oh, fuck. 2013. I will not say the name of the song, because I don't want it to... Someone would be like, oh, well, it's shitty, because he wrote it in 2013. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, it's a... You ever Frankenstein one together? You go, like, you have this, like, verse that you can just never figure out the chorus, so it just gets on the back burner, and then all of a sudden you have this chorus, and you go, hold on. And you, like, go through the go through uh, all your notes. I will never name any of my songs that I've done that to, but I've done it so many times. <laughs> I've done it, like, there. there's a song that I'm working on right now that, like, has this little, like, guitar part that I'm like, oh, fuck, it's a bridge. I've all, and it was like... What? I always thought it was a chorus, but it's a bridge. Well, and, like, on top of that, like, it was, like, one of the first things I ever wrote. 
as a guitarist and not saying like, Oh, I wrote it when I was a kid, but like, it was like, I played guitar, but never wrote anything. It was one of the first things. And then I like, I was like, Oh, this is stupid. I'm never going to use this. And then I was like, Oh, that could work really well. You know, what's amazing is some of the most creative guitar work I ever did was when I didn't know how to play anything. Yep. And there are all these little ideas that I wrote, you know, first couple of years that stuck around. Well, and I used to feel really bad about this, this whole thought of like, oh, you know, that's a song that I wrote such a long time ago. Like, I don't even relate to what I'm talking about there because I think both of us can relate in the sense that we do put autobiographical content in our lyrics. Uh, not all the time, but for me, I definitely do it a lot. Uh, not as obvious as you when you wrote Admit It, but <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I've noticed, I've stopped feeling bad about it. I used to think like, ah, shit, that, that's not a good idea. I wrote that when I was in like high school, that kind of stuff, uh, and now I'm way past that. But uh, I've noticed that like everyone does that. So like Radiohead does that. They have a song on their most recent album, True Love Waits. It's been around since I think like 99, 95. Like it's been around forever and it took until like 2016 to release it so or 2015 i forgot when they released that album but that that seems to be and i can keep pointing towards bands that have done it who like and jack white has done it so many times on his newest record i think a lot of i think that's part of being a writer is a lot of it and the whole idea of uh you know pulling even stuff that you never released and then using it for something that yeah you didn't even intend on that was how you know you pull on like like you can't self-plagiarize really no. you know and uh, especially if it's stuff that was never released you know it's fine to move things that weren't meant for one thing to another yeah i mean there, there's definitely a lot of things you can do that way I, I, when you're mindlessly writing and not really intently sitting there and be like oh well it'd be cool to do this 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 and this you can often repeat yourself without thinking about it in fact i just did that while recording an ep with moniker and I noticed it as we recorded. I was like, oh, fuck. That is like the same thing right there. So I was like, okay, well, we need to put these two songs together right next to each other on the EP so it sounds so on purpose. So it sounds like we meant to do yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely hit these periods of writing where, um, like, when I was first writing, like, Blue Bonnet Trail, um, all the themes in the songs tended to be about, you know, an uncertain future, death of childhood, because that's what was going on. That was what was on my mind. Yeah um leaving home and going to college and and you definitely if you're writing about things you're thinking about which you probably are um definitely recurring themes will come from different periods and you might find the same ideas popping up in different places yeah um that i mean it's definitely made me a little hesitant sometimes even like uh and i don't know if it has with you but like that kind of like you know thinking like, oh, it's okay to, you know, bring this thing out from like 2015 or however old it is. But also it has made me think like if I'm sitting there struggling on writing a brand new song that I'm writing right now in 2019 and thinking like, oh, well, maybe I should shelve this and like come back to it. But like it, it, it has made me, it gave me uh, reassurance to like, okay, it's okay to do this. But then it's also given me that kind of hesitance of like, if it's not working, maybe I should just shelve it or do I uh, push through? Right, there's a lot of that push and pull, and I I find when you you have the same thing coming up, it's almost like um, I think maybe my dad said this to me once. He's like, "Man, all my songs seem to be like about this," uh, you know. I'm trying to say this. He's like, "Well, maybe you haven't said it right yet." That's fair. And it's kind of like as soon as you say what you need to say, you can kind of move on because you you've put it down already. Yeah, yeah. So we'll uh, go ahead and move into uh, tour stories. Um, 
yeah. I, you I, don't. I, you don't seem very sure about that. So no. Are you sure you um, want to do it? Yeah. No, I'm not really sure of anything right now. But you know, it's summer. The heat is getting to me. My brain feels like it's melting. Maybe that's just anxiety. But who cares? Um, so we'll move into tour stories. I know you've been on tour, but you're also uh, someone who we don't have a ton of people on here who have been through music school. So you could even tell stories about that. You know, we typically have a high and a low, so really just kind of whatever you want to start with, whatever you want to tell, as much and as little as you'd like. I have a pretty good, it's an involved one, but it's one that uh, I just told for the first time. I just played a So Far show in Boston, and um, it was the first time I told a crowd this. I've been waiting to have the opportunity, because it was such a surreal experience that I, that I walked away being like, wait, what the fuck? Did this just happen? Uh, <laughs> And Those are uh, the best ones. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, uh, yeah. So I wrote this song called Serendipity. And um, it's which, one of those ones. Which is not released currently. No, it's coming out with the next string of releases. We're just, cool. we're finishing the mix like tomorrow. I have. You're nervously fidgeting right now. <laughs> I'm trying to get comfortable. Sure. Um, you want me to get you a guitar? No. <laughs> so... <laughs> I wrote uh, Serendipity when I was living right outside Boston, and um, I was thinking about uh, one of my best friends, Ludwig, is where I got the initial spark for it. Uh, we met uh, at Berkeley Five Week, which is a summer program they do, as random roommates, and just like like that, we were um, immediately friends. It was probably the quickest I ever became close friends with anyone in my life, and I was thinking like... Um, it's, it's kind of miraculous, this serendipitous experience. And you have all sorts of little ones everywhere. And I was coming from a place like that when I wrote it. And I'd, uh, w- as far as the story, I'd just gotten lunch with the guitarist that plays on it. Um, and we were talking about some kind of heady stuff. And, you know, I, was, I felt like I was starting to, like, vibrate at a different level. And I was like, <laughs> really, we, we parted ways, and I wasn't really ready to go home. So I kind of took a walk around the city. And it was a really nice day. And I was just kind of open and just enjoying being alive kind of was where I was at and I was I ended up walking through the fens which is like this little park in Boston and there were two people sitting on a bench and I could just feel like on an energy level as I went by them that they were gonna like interact with me somehow and I did not want to I was enjoying where I was at and I didn't want anything to do with it and I had my guitar on my back and this guy said uh as I passed he said uh hey so how about it we're gonna get a song then and I was like, oh, ha, no. And I kept walking. And he said, hey, for a drink? And I was like, huh? And he like pulls out this like <laughs> brown bag. And he was like, you want something? And I was like, oh. And he's like, okay, I pour you a drink. You take a drink. If you like it, you got to play a song. If you don't like it, you can keep walking. What? And I was like, <laughs> okay. <a> weird. <laughs> yeah. And he, you like he it? He pulls out a uh, plastic <laughs> cup, pours me a drink. He gives it to me. And I... This guy's like full service. Yeah. I said, Whoa, I taste that one. What is that? It's PCP. And, and he smiles and it's uh he shows me it's like one of those really high end scotches, like in a box, like really fancy scotch. I go, damn. He said, You liked it. You gotta play a song. And I said, Yeah, I guess I do. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's I stopped and I was like, What am I doing? And uh I put my guitar on, I think, what am I gonna play? I'm gonna play Serendipity. I just finished that one. And um, I play, I start the song for him, and just about 30 seconds in, he's smiling, and he turns to the, it was him and a girl, 
And he says something to her, and she, she smiles, too. And they listen, and they're really into it. And uh, after, he said, you know what I said to her? Um, they, they, you know, they clap. They he said, you know what I said? Um, so, we're old friends. We haven't seen each other in 10 years. Today's the first day that we've seen each other in 10 years, and we just met up. And we've been on this bench for the last two hours, and everything we've been talking about is what your song was talking about. Oh. And he says, so you, what, are you on your way home right now? I said, no. He's like, kind of? I said, mm, no, not at all. He's like, <laughs> so, you, so you're just uh, walking in a random part of the city. These strangers ask you to play a song. You don't want to, but you do. And the song that you happen to sing is what these people were just talking about. And I was like, yeah. He's like, I don't know what you call that. But uh, and, uh, <laughs> I ended up sitting down with him and we drank the whole bottle. And I was there for like an hour and a half. And everything this this guy said was just like, his name was, okay. His name was Victor, and his last name was Ree. Okay. His name was Victor Ree. Oh. And uh, <laughs> he's a salesman. And everything he said had like this this weight to it. It was like, um, he said, you playing around? I said, yeah, you know, I'm playing. I'm, I'm, trying, I'm trying to like do the musician thing. He said, well, I have a feeling about something. Okay. You see you, your cup? Put your cup down. Okay, yeah, put it down, put it down. I put it on the ground. He said, okay, try to pick the cup up. God. And I was like, okay, I picked the cup up. He said, no. I said, try to pick the cup up. You just picked the cup up. And what? You said, put it down, put it down. Okay, okay, I put the cup down. He says, try to pick it up. You see? You can't try to pick it up. You can't try to do anything. If you try, you'll spend your life doing nothing. You either pick the cup up or you don't. And it was about that point I was like thinking like, is this man, is this God that I'm talking <laughs> to? Like who, who, who is this guy? And everything he said was like that. Did she say much? She, she talked a lot too. Her name was Haley. Um, Victor made the bigger impression. Haley was really spiritual and she was uh, really good vibes and she was right there with everything he was saying. And uh, it got to the point the sun started setting. I was thinking, man. Like, this has been crazy, but how the hell am I going to get out of here now? I've been here for so long. And Victor just stood up and he said, I've got an appointment. Oh, what the fuck? <laughs> and he's like, uh, and he said, time is literally everything. And then he got my number and said, I'll call you next summer. He says, you don't think I'm going to, but I'm going to do it. And I was like, okay. And <laughs> I mean, at that point, would you doubt him? Like, <laughs> I'm still waiting on the call. Uh, was that like a year ago now? That was this would be the summer he called, so he's running. I mean, out of it's time. still summer. Yeah, for another well, like what couple weeks? Yeah, man, do you have his number or does he have yours? No, but me and Haley connected on Instagram, so I guess yeah, if you I really... should share this uh, episode with her and just say, <laughs> hey, you know, I'm still waiting on God to call me back. <laughs> man, that is like both one of the most positive and most frustrating stories i've ever heard it's like frustrating in the sense of like god this guy is just like a walking like uh you know one of those posters you'd see in the The, uh, motivational posters motivational poster but then also it's like man this is actually really positive it was and it was it was interesting because um all three of us were just on this it was like uh, one of the rare times of my life and it especially strange because it was with complete strangers but it just felt like everyone was on the exact same wavelength like thinking the same things feeling the same way and just kind of overflowing with some kind of positive energy yeah and i i walked away just actually you know feeling like kind of like is this a dream like it was just so unlike reality often is that's interesting 
And I, I love that it gets tied to that song specifically because yeah, you're su- for the content, you know, for the content. <laughs> that you know, but that that it is great to have that you know story to that song now, and like you'll definitely not forget that. And then also, you're able to really tie that and like and it's, it's remember it with uh, vividly. Yeah, and it was it was serendipity that I met them. It was it was kind of an affirmation of the whole thing I was trying to say with the song. Man, this song has this really like high bar now for me that's one of my favorites that I yeah do. you're lucky that it's probably gonna come out when it's in spain so if i don't like it you won't hear it yeah <laughs> i guess I but guess. <laughs> yeah i mean do you have any other stories any low stories or you want to just coast hmm. on that it's know. totally fine if that I like that's a great story it almost feels wrong to to say something bad after that yeah i mean we can just move on then uh you have mentioned that uh uh you're wrapping up a new album uh yep any plans on that or is it just kind of right now working as it comes i think honestly i think i'm gonna start releasing in the next month i'm looking at august 23rd as a loose yeah single date singles yeah nothing but singles and then maybe they're all part of a whole because they all do fit together and they are but man it's just the whole process just it takes amazingly i can't it's wait. super difficult yeah for the freedom that money would bring to like hurry things along you know yeah i mean there's so much i mean obviously the painstaking process of writing a song and being like oh this is the song now i'm happy with this let's record it let's put it in stone and then uh not to say that you can't change songs but like you know you're not going to be around forever uh so whenever you're not able to play these songs in a different way live that's what's there and right. so that's what I mean by setting it in stone. But then on top of that, you have to, you know, do all the mixing and all that. Take all the music part of it. You want to figure out, okay, how do I want to release this? EP, singles, LP. Do I want to do physical copies? And then if you're doing physical copies, you have to have more artwork than just like, you know, that right. little square. Oh, now you got to think about artwork. How do you want to do that? that just kid- Yeah, and you, you have to have a track list on the back. and Yeah, you, you got to make sure... <laughs> I'm convinced uh, all that stuff is uh, it's daunting because it's not stuff I'm very excited about. You know, the, the mar- I'd love for people to hear it, but the, the like, you know, Theo Katzman from Wolfpack? Yeah. I'm convinced he's some kind of genius when it comes to that stuff. I mean, actually, just in a lot of ways, because musically, yeah. he's an amazing cat. But he, I think he's the big mind behind all the weird things they do that just gotta be. really yeah. works. Yeah, it's just... There's so many, like, it, it's so hard to just be what you're setting out to be right now in the sense of, like, you want to play your songs. You probably want to record them, too, but when it comes down to it, you just want to play your songs, write your songs, and play your songs. But you also got to be somewhat of a businessman. Well, and that responsibility is falling on um, any aspiring artist at this point. Because oh, yeah. there's, there's no um, diamond in the rough kind of, you know, artist grooming labels don't do that anymore you're pretty much no. you're picked up when you get something going for yourself and i don't know anyone that can get something going for themselves without paying attention to that stuff yeah i mean like and you have to come to either be okay with or start to enjoy some of those parts like i hate posting on social media i hate it but i love trying to figure out artwork because there is a part of me that like i can't draw for shit but i've always like thought oh it be so cool to be an artist and have this like visual medium and all that stuff instead of you know these just vibrating particles that kind of thing that people listen to but like if you were to show this to an alien like that's super weird like 
you know? But uh, you got to, like, learn to enjoy some parts of it. It's difficult. Oh, you'll kill yourself if you don't. You yeah, gotta, for sure. I think you got to be... That's all life, though. But that's that's not just music. Music is, like, you got to be able to do that, you know, whatever you do. It's like you got to simultaneously be lax and easygoing and as it comes and also a real go-getter that gets up and does things constantly it's like sometimes people don't want to drive 20 minutes to work or that kind of thing but you got to figure out like oh well i like audiobooks so that's you know how i'm gonna do it i like podcasts uh that kind of stuff so you gotta figure it out so that's not just music take that home that's my little gift to you my name is victor last name re um Let's go ahead and move on to what we're listening to. Uh, we're not going to do any uh, little uh, sound clips. No, that's all right. That's now Hagen's that. thing. It is. I bestow that on Hagen. No more sound clips. Everything is natural from here on out. That sounded like shit that's, talking. That, that did. <laughs> really bad, actually. I'm not going to take it back, though. <laughs> it wasn't intended. But, yeah. So, Adam... Am I going first? You got to go first because that dictates what I say. Okay. We have so it's much. It's been a while. I don't know. I'm only gonna. I'm limiting myself to three things, but it's been a while. Man, I. And uh, I one don't know them, how much I'm gonna do. One of them, I'm, you're gonna do more than me probably. Yep. Uh, one of them is the Raconteur's new album. Help okay, us, that's stranger. one I'm not doing now. Right. Um, this Help album's us, really great. Help us, stranger. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this album's really great. I really like it. Been playing it a lot since it came out. Like I don't even know when. A month ago now, probably. Yeah, and you've said that that I thought it was interesting. I'm not sure if I agree or disagree with it yet, but you said it's Jack White's most consistent project. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Whereas like his solo stuff is like yeah. very hit or miss based on what he's been into. Yeah. Um, which is fine. I mean, you, you you can change what you want to do, especially in a solo project. But it's like this is consistently all these records are all in the same vein to me, and they're all like on the same track. Yeah, so. I'm a huge fan of Dead Weather. Like, yeah, Dead Weather is really consistent too. I think I would love to see them if they put out another album. I think that might take it for yeah, for sure yeah, that title. But yeah, but yeah. So I've been listening to that. Uh, Parcels is a band I've mentioned before. Yes, um, I remember that. And they had a self-titled album earlier this year or late last year. So I don't from remember like which. Australia, right? Yeah, they're they're like claim to fame is that Daft Punk produced a couple songs for them and stuff. So are they doing a similar thing to Daft Punk? Uh, it's kind of, but less uh, electronic. Kind of touched on something that I hate so much. I've gotten like electronic press kits, EPKs from people, and I've seen like a you know oh oh similar to well similar to or they'll say oh for this their new LP that's coming out uh, they worked with such and such who produced the White Stripes and I was like okay so do they sound like the White Stripes <laughs> or are you just trying to be flashy right and so. Yeah, goddamn. I mean, it is. I hate that. It is pretty similar in that you can tell there's an influence from Daft Punk there. It both like in the recording process or producing or whatever they were involved with, and like influence on their like music, obviously too. Like but, maybe a bit of a fingerprint there, but not. Yeah, it's not. It's not like a one to one kind right. of thing. But yeah. I really like their music. I for somehow had missed like that this self titled album came out, so I finally got around to listening to it. All right, album. That's two. That's two. The other one is. Uh, not a new album. Uh, it's Queens of the Stone Age, Lullabies to Paralyze, because they've put up on their uh, online store a bunch of original pressings of the record that they found in the warehouse. And so I bought one, and it sounds amazing. Wait, they so, were just like in the warehouse? And they the... Yeah, they just found oh, like shit. 50 records, and I happened to see it at the right time on Reddit. Oh, and shit. Only 50? It's less than that, yeah, something like that. But wow. that was that and uh, an Eagles of Death Metal album as well. But 
Did you get the Eagles of Death Metal? I got one? both, yeah. Do you like them? I do. I don't like that album as much as this one, so it's that's why yeah. I didn't make my three things I've been listening to. But that's a it's band really that cool to have an right. old pressing that sounds so good. Yeah. And that has never gotten like a repress either. So Yeah. That's interesting. Damn. Oh yeah, those uh, are my three. I don't know how much I'm gonna say. Or how little or how much. Uh I mean we know one of them was Rack on Tours. Yes, I have been listening to that. There's a lot of stuff that I've just listened to. I thought but you weren't going to say that one. Hey, you let your hair down. Yeah, I, saw you, I saw you put your hair down, <laughs> so I put mine down. Um, there's a lot of stuff that I've been listening to, but like haven't listened to multiple times over. But uh, uh, Prog Rock Band, um, Thank You Scientists, they released their uh, third LP, uh, Terraformer, uh, which is very fucking long. It's like an hour and 30 minutes and i have not been able to listen to it from front to back yet i was gonna say you bought like the actual album too right yeah i have it over there and it came with the score because they're all like uh they're all jazz musicians they went to school and like so i have a signed score of the album um yeah and i got it i was like oh this is so cool i can't read music this means nothing (laughs) to me (laughs) Um, but uh yeah that band is great uh, I haven't been able to listen to it from front to back. I've listened to every song, but I mean, like, just sit down and listen to it. That's a big chunk of time. Yeah, it, it, it sucks because, and what also doesn't help is, like, each song for most, like, I think, like, 80% of the songs are, like, 10 minutes each. So, like, it's hard to just be, like, that's a lot to just, like, devote to one song. So there's not a lot of changing. It's a great album, but it's also, I think that does work against it a little bit. But I definitely recommend it. The first, you know, half is amazing. So even if you can't get past that, you've gotten something. Um, I've been listening, obviously, to Tom York's new album, his solo album, Anima. I just got the the deluxe edition in uh, the mail, and I had it's pretty great. I mean, people have talked to it. That is an album that you have to listen to from front to back. Uh, it's not a album with like singles, which only you yeah, that, know the Radiohead sense, type though. can do that. Yeah. Like, as we were talking about singles, like, there's no way we could, either of us could release an album that's just like, sorry, you have to listen to this from front to back. Right. Like, and have any hopes of that, like, reaching an audience. <laughs> right. Like, so... I mean, that that can still happen, but it's yeah. really, really hard. So. Yeah. It, it, it takes something that's already hard and making it harder. Yeah. And then, uh, I'll limit myself to three. Uh, my big one, though, out of these three, uh, this is probably my favorite out of the three currently, and I'm curious to hear your thoughts on it adam since i gave you my digital copy uh there's a british punk band called idols um that i have just been super into they released this album in like 2018 but i just got into it because of their tiny desk performance of a lot of the songs because it's fucking nuts but uh they're just it's really hard to explain they're not doing anything musically new for punk but their lyrical content is taking the approach of like attacking toxic masculinity. And that can sound really, really, you know, lame when you think about it. If I were to recite you some of the lyrics, you'd probably be like, oh, that sounds fucking stupid. But I guarantee you'd listen to it. Like the first four songs are great. And it takes it on like, I mean, there's like one of my favorite songs by the Sex Pistols is about abortion, but it's super like non-obvious about it. So you can really just enjoy the song. But with this, it's very obvious what they're talking about, and uh, I think it really works out well. It's one of the few, like, politically active uh, 
song or albums that has worked for me. I've never been a fan of like the Joan Baez, all that kind of stuff. That's like yeah, super she's not you know, the best example. Yeah, she's, she's hard to get behind sometimes. Real cool person. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, her, definitely. Her music. Those are hard songs to do. I think they're really. It's an important. Um, it's super difficult dimension of like I would love to be writing those songs, but to do it without being preachy. Or being obvious. Well, you can be obvious. I mean, a lot of the time you want people to know what you're talking about, but you don't want to just... If if you're heavy-handed in the wrong way, it becomes ugly. Well, if you're heavy-handed about it, too, it doesn't age well either. I've seen some, like, local people really try it, and, like, it goes way too far into, like... I'm just like, dude, you are alienating everyone. Like, I guarantee you, your family can't listen to this, even if they agree with you. Because it's just like... This is not enjoyable to listen to. It's just, it doesn't work. But Idols, their new album, uh, I did not say. No, you didn't say the name. Uh, Joy and and Acts of Rebellion or Acts of, fuck. I haven't listened to it yet still. What the fuck, Adam? I was going to ask you what you thought about it. I've been busy listening to a band you made us listen to for Deep Dive. Joy as an Act of Resistance. Hey, fuck you for that. (laughs) That's a cool title. Yeah, it's a really good album. Uh... I, if you're going to listen to any of the three that I recommended, listen to Idols. Uh, I really want to see them live. Apparently, they're like a powerhouse live, and they're only coming to Texas playing at ACL, which I think would be cool, and I may go see it, but uh, I don't think that's the best venue for them. I think they're more of a club band. Seeing them out at House of Blues or something like that would be really cool, or even Trees. But yeah, they're really cool. Javis, you got anything you're listening to? It's my turn. Yeah, if yeah. you're ready, I can go on. No, no, I, am, <laughs> I have I so many albums. I, me too. I'm, I'm in the same boat. This is your soapbox. You may never get this chance again. All right. Well, I don't know. Like, should I go like most recent or like most, like over time, most important? I don't know. It's up to you. Um, Alan Stone's been huge for me for the last two or three years. I, I really love his stuff. Radius was a big album. I've been waiting. He keeps teasing like he's going to put out a new album. And he just drops a single. The last single he dropped was like a song that's been out for years. I don't know why. He should be more like Tom York. Tom York announced this new solo album on a Thursday, and it was out the next Thursday. Yeah. yeah. And it was like a, a short film, too, right? Yeah, yeah. on Netflix. Well, we can't all be Tom York. Yeah. We Alan can't. Stone just had a baby, too, so I guess I'll cut him a break. Okay, Tom York has two babies. All right, but they're, are they, are they babies? They're kids. Yeah. Uh, so I just got hit to Blake Mills as a producer, and I've uh, just been tearing through his stuff um he's i i, he, like I knew produced music or this, does he this have stuff he, well he produces for like he produced that alabama shakes record uh, okay. sounding color which i've just been really getting into britney mills is releasing a new solo record mm, i saw that yeah um but yeah blake mills production and that that sound and color album is just i don't know how i missed it that's got don't want to fight no more on it that was the big single and i think actually kind of turned me off because i thought the rest of it was going to be that um hooky and it's really not, but and even that song—it's just amazing. It's an amazing album. Um, Are you a? Uh, I know, and drop your whole musicianship from it, and how you think you should release your music. But are you a person who can? How do you prefer listening, digesting albums? Do you hear a single from an album, and you're like, "That's my. That, I want to listen. I'm going to go straight to that." What I, I'd listen start to finish, yeah. um, like like I would if I was listening on a vinyl. Yeah, Are generally you not a greatest hits type person. No, nah, I mean, yeah. I, I definitely have listened to my share of 
greatest hits to try and get when you're when you're delving through the all the past rockers and you know you're trying to get a feel that's when i think greatest hits is kind of appropriate because then you're like well this is it's like someone already dug through the record collection and was like this is what's worth listening to yeah and often when you actually know an artist you're like what i mean how could this not make it on the greatest hits yeah um that's so no with with artists i actually care about no i couldn't care less about greatest hits albums but um yeah, uh, I definitely listen start to finish. I love albums as a artwork. Uh, you know, I think the sequence is really important, and it's kind of sad to see how the cutting up and listening to the single. I find often the single I get sick of it. Um, yeah, faster than the rest of the album. And I have found that myself. And what I do now is I'll listen to a single, and if I enjoy it, I probably won't listen to it anymore until the album's out. Because I because there are it's very much like seeing a trailer and be like, Oh, well I know that joke. That's not going to make me laugh. That kind of shit. Where and you like, actually reach it in the sequence and you're like, skip. <laughs> I yeah. heard you a hundred times. Already. Or you even like tune out without actually skipping it. You're just like, okay, cool. Yeah, Here's this song. I can out. now right. think about something else. Mm. Yeah. Well, others I've been listening to, um, Foy Vance is, is kind of, um, I don't, I, I don't know how famous he is. I, I, I don't know how I got hip to him. It was just some video with this amazing Irish singer-songwriter. Got this funny mustache. I don't know. He's one of those really waxed ones. I think that's my least favorite part about him. But as a, <laughs> as, a, as a guy and as a musician and a songwriter, he just he blows my mind. Got this really cool soulful voice. He looks like he voice. should be in the Peaky Blinders. He always, yeah, he wears one of those. Uh, the Paperboy hat Yeah, the Paperboy hats. With what the, are those called? I want to say it's, it's not a beret. It's, no, it's not. Yeah. That's the kind of French thing. Yeah, it's like something Newsies would wear. Yeah. I don't know what those are. They, so I've actually looked this up before and figured it out, but it is one of those, like, I don't know what the fuck it's called. I know a fedora, but I don't know what that is. Mm-hmm. But oh, Foy Vance, I, I love him. I think he's signed to Ed Sheeran has some label, and Foy Vance is one of the first people he put on it. Yeah, I love Ed Sheeran. Um... Yeah, Ed Sheeran's the best. <laughs> I actually, I'd really like to like him, but you know, he looks like a really nice guy. Everyone likes him, but then I get to his album, I'm like, God, this is so. I just can't. I There's can't. That every time I say I, I get in this, I get in trouble with this with Beyonce. Is I'll say like, Oh, I just really don't like Beyonce, and people are like, Oh, she is the best. And like, I, I find what they start quoting or their testaments are. Uh, her as a person I'm like oh whoa I'm not saying Beyonce as a person like I know Beyonce is great for the community I've been to Houston I've seen all the shit she's done I just don't like the music yeah and, yeah and I know she, she's become such a staple too that you, she has become one of those names that you're not allowed to badmouth yeah yeah but, but I can't I can't also uh, talk shit on that because I'm a fan of Radiohead and which is on the other end of the spectrum one of those bands that look oh you don't like Radiohead what the fuck right so right I definitely I get Beyonce fans in the way that they act towards her because I act the same way yeah everyone's got their thing yeah I've been listening to this uh Brother sister duo a lot. They were actually one of my top played albums of 2018. Yeah, the Uh, White Stripes. No, no, they're called uh, (laughs) Lawrence. Um, And they're about our age, and they're from New York. They just got signed to John Belly and made an album or a a label, and they were the first people he signed to it. And they're doing this really poppy. It looks like they're moving more poppy now, but kind of soul pop. Their arrangements and their production, I really fell for. And there was someone else I wanted to say. My favorite part about having uh, the uh, people who have been 
musicians on who have gone to school for this. Uh, my favorite part about having your type on is that typically when we get to this part, you're naming more like names and less like, oh, you know, like I'm listening to such and such bands, which I think is, uh, I don't know what that or, is. Or, or specific albums too. Yeah, like, that too. It's just interesting. It's just something I've noticed. Not that what, there's the people anything. come in here and they're like, a lot of rock. No, no, not like that. Like I've, oh man, that would be so frustrating. If somebody <laughs> said, oh, I've been listening to pop music. I was like, cool. Great. <laughs> I'm going to just go ahead and delete this whole episode. <laughs> no, no, no. But like, I don't know. People, it seems it's probably because you appreciate it just a little bit more because you've decided to devote a lot more of your time towards it. You I just appreciate so the exci- credits, I, that kind of thing. Yeah. And I definitely um, spend, as I'm sure you guys do, a lot, a lot of time. Because it's kind of like um, when you find something that really resonates with you and you, you really love it, um, there's only so many times you can listen to that album until it starts feeling like you got a wet cloth and you've wrung every single bit that you can get out of it. And it's just like this like raggedy, not wet rag. Yeah. You know? Um, and so you want to continue to like grow and hear new things. And so I'm always on the lookout for things that you know, um, excitement. And yeah. so, and with the amount of stuff out there, it's kind of, it's difficult searching because it's listening so to stuff you're not excited about is, um, not very fun. Whenever I find myself getting angry at people or frustrated with people like, Oh, why haven't you listened to this or that kind of thing? I try to think about it. Like I got into reading comic books a couple of years ago and then I thought about like, okay, well, how was that when I first started? Cause there's so much that it's just like, you know, you you either i can i understand because there were points that i would look at it and be like well i want to read this comic book line but i don't know where to start so instead of just picking somewhere and starting i just got frustrated and said no i'm I'm walking away from this so i can't get frustrated with people who do the same thing for music because like i do the same thing for other mediums that like i don't read enough books and it's for that same reason like i'll go into a bookstore and see a huge bookshelf and i'm like i will never read this many books in my life and I just have settled with that fact, which is not a good way of looking at anything. When I'm in a better headspace, I go. I definitely go through periods of not doing the things that I think I should. But when I'm when I'm feeling like I have more energy and I'm feeling okay about you know life, yeah. And uh, then it's usually the mentality that there is not enough time in the day for me to be doing all the things I want to do, and I should be listening to all this, and I should have started reading this ten years ago, and you know, yeah. like working on it. It's a pendulum. It. It's a pendulum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, did you have anything else you wanted to mention? Oh, uh, the last thing that I've really been into is Jamie Liddell, um, who runs um, his own podcast, uh, Hanging Out with Audiophiles. And that's... Hey, whoa, man. Don't do that. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's, it's different. Okay. It's different than this one. You should still listen to this one. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, but he's uh, he looks like kind of like a little bit like John Oliver, um, but he sounds like closer to like Stevie wonder and, and he loves production clearly, uh, really soulful, but he's done all sorts of stuff. He's so I've, I've been digging through him. He's gone all the way from like electronica to like a rock soul album. Um, so he's just digging into him and seeing what he's been doing has been a real pleasurable thing. Yeah. Well, that's all I got. Anything else we're listening to? (laughs) Nope. I'm going to stockpile stuff now because, we took a long period where I didn't have anything new to listen to. Yeah, I have so much. Like, as you were talking, Travis, like, I just, like, things kept 
populate. It was like looking at the night sky and you're counting the stars and they just keep showing up. I was like, oh, I listened to that and that and that and that. So fuck. Yeah. I mean, it's a good spot to be in though. Yeah. There, there have been so much things coming out recently and I'm finding it very hard not to say them right now. So I yeah, need to I listen to Beyond Bridges a lot too. Cool. Lake Street Dive. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you could just keep doing this all day. Yeah. Leon Bridges is from Fort Worth, dude. I know. All the, all the <laughs> venues around here are like, Leon Bridges played here. I hate that shit. <laughs> yeah, that, they're, they're, just wait. Like the, go a, like a, a layer deeper on that shit is when you hear a person say that. Like, oh, yeah, you know, I, I had a drink with him one time. I was like, dude, I don't give a fuck. Like, chill out. I stood next to him in line at Starbucks. <laughs> no, you hear that shit. Like, some dude walked on stage the other night and uh like after our show and was talking to us and said that shit he goes yeah actually uh like his like ending comment before he walked off was like yeah i actually hung out with leon bridges the other night am i right and then walked off i was like who the fuck was that no that's when you go like <laughs> who's leon bridges <laughs> yeah I was just who's like, that this man? guy fucking sucks you know i found that as as careful as i've always been to be like apparently berkeley's acceptance rate's going up to 50 percent. so i think it's going to lose a lot of clout pretty soon because everyone and their mother's going to have been there but yeah. you know as as much as you know that it's stupid to think like oh you know i went to berkeley kind of got used to saying oh, yeah. that and i remember i met the a band I liked for a long time through high school, Cloud Cold. I went to their sound check. I bought the special tickets. And uh, they're like, oh, what are you doing? I was like, oh, I go to school here. I go to, I go to Berkeley. And, you know, just um, that's when I realized I was doing it. And I kind of, like, paused for them to go, ooh, that's cool. And they're like, ah, oh, neat. <laughs> and I was like, they didn't, they'd never heard of that. <laughs> there have been times that, like, you really notice that stuff. And it, it's rare that you get to notice. And this is going to sound like I'm doing what we're talking about right now, but there was this one time I was with a group of friends and we went to a Tyler the Creator concert and I had never listened to him, but I was just like, oh, I'm bored. I'll pay to go see a show. I have not really been to many rap shows, so I'd like to see what it's all about. Went, saw the show, and then afterwards they were like, let's hang out by the tour bus. So we did, and then they came out and we met everyone. Everyone was fucking flipping out on Tyler the Creator and like I just was kind of like settled like I'm talking about people like sign my tits that kind of stuff like it was really weird it was this whole like the mood changed and then like I just kind of like kind of was like hey man good show and like had a normal conversation with the guy and like it was immediate he just like gravitated away <laughs> from the crazy people were like just yelling at him and like we had a nice conversation i was like yeah man I, I and i even told him i was like hey i don't really know your music but like i enjoyed that like so that i guess that speaks on you know how well you are as a performer and all that kind of stuff so i mean it is that shit of just like dude what the fuck like don't walk around saying that shit yeah. you seem like an asshole like it's cool that you did these stuff this stuff but damn I don't know how we got into this conversation. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> definitely now I sound like an asshole, and I'm happy to end on that note. But thank you for coming. Uh, have fun in Spain. Yeah. Where can people find you? Uh, so I'm on uh, Facebook and Instagram. It's Chavis Chance. That's C-H-A-V-I-S. I've been fighting the Travis mm. bug my Your whole, whole life. life. Yeah. Yeah. I find, <laughs> man, I just, I, I got it. I need to carry a sign around, honestly, because I, I can't tell you how many shows I've done and be like, made sure I said my name like eight <laughs> times throughout. And then it'd be and be like, also, I'm, I'm Travis Chance. Like, thank you so much for coming. And someone goes, yeah, Travis. You should get a, uh, a uh, so um, 
Johnny Ramone from the Ramones had a t-shirt that he wore a lot that said, I'm not Johnny Ramone, uh, but he was Johnny Ramone. But you should get a similar thing on your drummer's, like uh, his kick drum on the front of it, which says, I'm not Chavis Chance. <laughs> so that way people can see that, but it'd also be a little funny. That's a, that'll fix, I just fix your fucking problem. That's free. <laughs> um, but yeah, Instagram, you have a website too, Instagram, right? Facebook, ChavisChance.com. That's Hell yeah. ChavisChance.com, www. It's a uh, website shit. <laughs> <laughs> Don't go to the website. <laughs> You're on YouTube and stuff. Yeah, but I'm, like you have new music that'll yeah, be coming out. So Bandcamp. The new music's gonna. I mean, it'll be on Spotify. It'll be at all the normal places. Um, Instagram is probably where I'm most active. Yeah, I'd say good shit. You're on Bandcamp. That's a good place to purchase mm-hmm. the music. I'm even on SoundCloud. Wow. Yep. Well, so proud of you. Yep. Um, <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> uh, Adam, I've decided we need to get better at this. Uh, yeah, what? Where we people at? can talk to us and whatnot. Thanks for listening. Uh, or Don't Feed the Artist. You can find us on Instagram. Uh, I've tried to be more active on that. Jackson's doing that now. I gave up. Yeah, Instagram uh, and Facebook. I even have it in my calendar every Tuesday to post about the show. Oh, nice. Got some quality content on there. I'm going to follow you right now. Wow. We're going to follow you back. I, I already oh. did that, though. I, I do shit. that part still. Yeah. Thank God for that. That's all I do. We're a uh, well-oiled You can, you can find uh, links to everything we talked about, like normal, at you, don'tfeedtheirist.com. You can email us. Uh, yeah, if there's anyone you would like to, us to have on, I mean, we'll try our best. I'm always emailing people. I emailed the rock on tours the other day because <laughs> that would have been fucking great I, I, well and, and here's the thing is like jack white is just one of those guys that i was like you know what he might say yes you you may as <laughs> we well might have try. to put our phones in a bag i have but... tr- uh, and so i try my hardest and even if i know it's not gonna work i'd rather Wait, say they... you don't try you just do that your friend yoda said right. that right yeah, <laughs> yeah basically <laughs> But yeah, um, you know they're they're going to be in Oklahoma for a whole week. Maybe they're going to get bored. Holy shit! And want to be on this podcast. If you're in o- Oklahoma that long, you'll be bored as shit. Yeah. <laughs> Just keep mentioning him every week, and at some point he's got to notice you. Yeah, I yeah, think that's kind of how it works. We have uh, we have a lot of time, right? Yeah. Um, we'll see if that strategy pans out. Yeah, I mean, also we do that new series, and not so new anymore. Uh, I think we've been doing it for like six months. Been now. doing it for six, yeah, since, seven months since January. Yeah, uh, I don't know what month we're on, but uh, but if you haven't listened to it, Olivia, it's called Deep Dive. It's called Deep Dive, and uh, we our, are our friend uh, Olivia doesn't listen to that. She yeah. skips all those episodes. Oh, I was so. picking up on that. Yeah, yeah email us. Uh, but uh, recently, Hagen and Dave did some. They were pretty good. Yeah, uh, uh, they got real into um, Radiohead. I uh, mentioned uh, a li- like I went into kind of like a little segment about olivia was that on deep dive or was that on this show i don't remember huh it was recent olivia if it didn't happen on this show (laughs) now you gotta listen to the deep dives but yeah i don't know how that happened Uh, i remember talking about a political podcast wow uh, i'm gonna stop that's Uh, (laughs) probably a thing that we already recorded that doesn't come out until later this year oh yeah so uh yeah but you can email us message us us know you know if you want us to listen to a band if you want to Give us an assignment of listening to ten albums by somebody or a band to come on. Yeah, uh, I am. If anybody as, knows the Rack on Tours, then you know. As you can tell, I am not opposed to emailing Billie Eilish when she comes to play the American Airlines Center. So I'm going to try my best. Thanks, Chavis, for coming on. Uh, Thanks for having me. Signing off once again. 
I got nothing to fucking say. Do you guys like say something like at the same time at the end, and the, that's the last thing? No, we don't really we know say? what to do. Yeah, yeah, this this is my like le- the weakest part of my show here, hmm. not my show. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you should say, you could like uh, do like kind of a barbershop uh, kind of. So tag the, for you're not the first person to say that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that has been mentioned. Uh, and I tried to get the person once. to teach us like, oh, can you give us something like teach us all a chord and we'll just do that and it'll go. So typically what we're going to do here is we'll have it uh, and I'll fade it out and then fade it into your song. I just typically I try to hope somebody laughs and that's a good way to end. <laughs> <laughs>
that I found you and you found me must have been a miracle.